Welcome back to the With Joey B podcast. Uh, in the last episode, which will be quite relevant to this one, to, in episode 076, we discussed the idea that your thoughts do not come from you, which has positives and negatives. So I recommend listening to that. It's like 11 minutes, just to make sure this one makes sense. If not, don't worry, but you can maybe think about that after. To recap, yeah, positives and negatives, right? You don't create all those thoughts. So those dark thoughts and those self-limiting beliefs they're not entirely things you've written, but hang on, you're not off the hook because, wow, does that mean you don't have control over yourself? Does that mean your whole existence is kind of like a lie? It's like a matrix within the matrix, right? It's a bit weird to then orient how we think about ourselves. But obviously it's important because we want to, I guess, live in a way that is accepting of reality. Right? Otherwise, we are living in a distorted version of reality. So it's really important. And uh, I guess the, the point for this episode to explore is there is no you. <laughs> okay? Rather, I don't know, that's a bit um, trippy. But there's no you in the sense of the way you've thought about you, which is one, one independent voice. Okay? And I know that's a little bit confronting because I guess one of the things that um, is is most common for our self-opinion and the way we look at ourselves is we want to feel like we have a lot of control. Okay, that's very fundamentally true, an observation of most people. Uh, you the, the amazing kind of stories you get out of a lot of split brain experiments and observations. So it's like uh, the people who they'll be in hospital because they've got kind of like a left and right brain separation or breakdown in synergy and synchronicity between the parts and they'll they'll get up and they'll be asked to do something and move around the room and then you know they kind of engage their conscious brain they catch themselves right because they'll be doing part of it unaware and they might have got up because the experimenter told them to and then they kind of activate the other part of the brain and talk to them and they say oh no i got up to get a cup of water because i wanted to so the brain will actually come up with a reason for doing what it did when it can't uh, actually recall what literally happened it'll come up with a, an explanation and what i've looked in, into the extent i've looked into that those studies and information uh, the narrative is normally one that depicts the brain having control which is super fascinating and super creepy <laughs> right but I, I guess that really speaks to the the how the desire for control is something we kind of naturally have which makes sense we want to feel like we have agency um, when you look into how we're wired, you know, I guess that makes sense, right? So just to move on from that, I guess what we're talking about in this episode is a shift from the kind of the very Western way of thinking to the very Eastern way of thinking. So a lot of Western thought and culture is around the individual as this singular organism who just participates in relation to the other singular organisms where each person kind of stands on their own and has a very individual life so it's all about you and a lot of the stuff we do from the personal development stuff to um, our, our systems and our taxation system and everything like that a lot of our and careerism a lot of it boils down to you 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 as an individual like how can you make your life better how can you stop working for the man how can you be free and it's very singular a lot of Eastern culture is much more collectivist, which is much more looking at me as just one bigger part of the whole, who I am in relation to everyone else. 
from the outside, I kind of observed that when I went to Asian countries before COVID-19, before wearing masks was, uh, you know, part of legislation and, and keeping everyone well. In Asian countries, people used to wear it a lot more um, often. And from my research, one of the key reasons was um, to prevent other people from getting sick. That may not always be the case, but it was like, wow, go out of their way to make sure they don't get other people sick. In the West, you go to work with a snotty nose and you just you don't want to take a, a sick day off and you contaminate everyone because you're doing what you want to do. Uh, you know, when I was in Japan, like people get out of the way for my mum in the line for the toilet because she's a foreigner and they're trying to be welcoming. That sort of thing just doesn't happen in Australia. <laughs> so that's basically the way we're shifting the understanding and, you know, think of it however you will. This is my understanding, the point I'm at so far, is uh, we are that whole comprised of many little parts um, because I talked about that complicated understanding of the things we think the things we say are so often fed by feelings and impulses right so right now I feel like this is an important idea to talk about but there's no objective way I've decided this is a good thing to talk about today all right it's it's the sum of my experiences some of the people who have influenced me how I've grown up versus the stuff I've read and the other people I've talked to, experiences in Nepal and all this other stuff, and then business experience and my journey in writing. And all this combination has resulted in me sitting here today thinking this is an important idea to talk about and way to think about ourselves. So there's all these different parts and all these different voices. And forget the cultural influence. Then there's also what I talked about in the last episode a lot of, like the programming and the subconscious element, right? How I've been wired by evolution to think which gives a certain, you know, width within which I can think. All right, certain leeway, certain bandwidth. And we kind of all operate within that. And we've talked, we've made ourselves somewhat aware of that during this podcast, but think about what you knew about um, how we're wired before this podcast, which even before I learned this stuff and realized this stuff, you know, so much less agency. And we're acting like characters that are being controlled with a controller almost. That controller is just this random mix of genetics and you know evolution and biology and, and cultural programming and social programming. And I love the concept of um, thoughtware in a contact of mine, Jonathan Kramer's book, Mind Leap. And there's all these different levels that really shape us. So there is no like, kind of single you. It's crazy. So... How do we wrap around this, our heads around this idea and make it a bit more digestible? And where I've come to in thinking about this metaphorically is like the politician. So the politician is someone you look at and you watch them speak, give a speech and presentation. And it's like, well, that's what Barack Obama believes. That's what Donald Trump believes. That's what whoever, whatever politician, whatever part of the world you're from, that's what that person believes right now. And that's what they're saying. That's what they formed. Um, that's the words that form. Uh, the reality is, though, that most politicians are really influenced by speechwriters. And uh, there's a line in a book I was reading this morning, which is like, uh, most uh, politicians these days would not get elected on their own words. So when you think about it, politi politicians are really a front for just all this other stuff. They're just kind of the post that gets held up because a politician is always a function of uh, well, okay, their speechwriter, their team, uh, in many instances, the people who fund them, the people who have favours with them, then obviously like all the other stuff I said, their upbringing, 
right? The, the cultural forces they've been subjected to, the stuff they've read, the conversations they've had, the information as from the outside world that's being combined into forming the way they think about the world, the way different people think about the different world and will interpret the same situation many different ways. It's not something people really choose. It kind of happens by accident, the way they get conditioned and reinforced growing up. So the politician, the way we think about the politician is just this one independent being that really is is anything but. Ref and, and the way we interpret everything they say to actually just be from them and no one else is the same way we look at ourselves, which is the things we say and the way we act and behave and the control we think we have over ourselves. we believe is super, super conscious. Sometimes we notice it's not when we notice Astro the dog. Like, oh my gosh, why am I thinking those thoughts? Um, understand that they don't necessarily come from you. And yeah, but really it's constituted of so much and we're actually this collective and it's this real paradox about we've got a lot of agency, but we don't have a lot of agency. So the next layer down from understanding that kind of politician metaphor is looking at us as, I guess, the coach. Because you're starting to think, well, fuck, well, I don't have control of myself. So I guess, does that mean if I have the impulse to kill someone, do I just kill someone and it's not really my fault? I'm not actually acting with any agency. It's not really like that. And what you have is you're the coach of a team and the team has players, right? So just if you're a basketball, soccer coach, rugby coach, any, any team sport where the coach kind of sits on the sideline, netball, whatever your sport is, picture it. And the voice that's in your head, that conscious part of you and what, what understanding what that is, it's basically the, uh, the coach sitting on the sideline. So the coach can't, like a marionette, or, or someone playing on an Xbox or PlayStation, move, make, uh, control every single movement of their players, right? What they have to do, but the players are the actual equipment they've got to realize an outcome and to play the game. So the team gets trained over time to do the things the coach thinks are right to be doing, but each player is kind of their own independent organism, right? They've got an ego, they want more pay, all right, they get fast, they forget the role they got to play in the team, they start asking more, and the coach got to kind of bring them back down to earth, all right? You kind of manage the team. So that, in the same way, you've kind of got all these mental resources, you've got arms and legs, you've got the way you relate to people around you, the way you can put yourself in a new environment, you can move from one house to the next, one job to the next, and these are all chess pieces you've got, all right? These are all players you've got. And whilst you don't directly control how you feel in every single moment, not directly, you can indirectly influence it. And you've got to kind of manipulate the team on the court, but you're never the one specifically on the court. All right? So you actually have complete agency. You actually, so a coach that doesn't have their team or the dressing room has piss all control over their team, right? But as you uh, master the art of coaching, learn more about the coaching and how to influence the, the, the tools you have and consolidate them and use them, you actually get more and more agency. And then you actually become more responsible for uh, results. Uh, responsible in one sense. I mean, you know, it's kind of like even someone who's super talented at basketball or soccer or netball, like in a literal sense, who has this real determination, that determination comes from somewhere. You know, a lot of the time it's the, the father or the mother who really drove them to, to work hard, maybe too hard, right? Maybe they saw something or they looked up to someone at a particular point in time 
You can look into the trends with uh, Russian tennis players after Anna Kornikova, for example, and how she inspired a whole generation. It's like if she didn't inspire them, those people are not really predestined to become great tennis players. So there's just all these bits and it's just real paradoxical agency, but not much agency. You know, you kind of, I guess, ideally in life, the, the the kind of things fall together the door the right doors open that actually improve your agency and that's what we're trying to do on the podcast once again so that's just a really interesting way to think about it and there's a, a quote from a american uh, football coach i can't remember which level college or nfl uh, tom martinez who's basically uh basically said you know all my players on the team are like a mix of cream and shit and it's like i've got to like balance it out so it's like if they're too much cream, if they're too soft, had it too easy, I give them shit. And if they've had all shit in their lives, I give them cream, like balance it out. And the coach, the great coach is always a master of understanding what each individual player needs. The same way you can look at yourself and understand what do I need to improve, right? If I have this impulse to procrastinate, for example, well, procrastination is, is information, all right? So instead of judging the player and the team and, 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 um, telling them off and telling them that they're rubbish right and telling yourself that you're rubbish it's like you're not my player i don't have control over you you can actually understand what's going on there and then deliver the right training sort of complicated idea but it's just trying to explain there's there is no one single you you're such an accident you're such a uh, conglomerate of accidents and randomness but it's, it's liberating at the same time. Once you wrap your head around this idea, I find it liberating. Because um, then you approach the game in the right way. And you just continue to understand it. So don't be down. Play the game, right? You're the coach. You've got these tools. You don't control your feelings and thoughts directly. You can train them. Just like you can train Astro the dog. It's just extending that metaphor. So how are you going to play the game differently? How are you going to train it? All right, thanks for tuning in again to the With Joey V podcast. Remember that the best way to open a thousand doors for you is to concentrate on opening doors for others. So if you could help someone else realize that they're not them, then you might want to share this episode. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow for more. I'll see you then.